Welcome back, and it's time for me to give Desiree some feedback uh, on uh, her question, which was really, or two questions, which, which is what to do effectively when you're scaling, and do you choose uh, sales or do you choose ops? So uh, I'm going to answer the, the, this and give you things to think about in a, in a slightly different way. So for me, I always start off with strategy first. What is the strategy? And if you haven't defined the strategy, that the strategy is just to grow, you'll grow. But how you will grow and how, what the profitability of that growth is and what the continuity of that growth is, is a different question. So a lot of businesses say, oh, I just want to grow. But they haven't thought through about where they want to grow and most importantly, why they want to grow. So the question is, I asked you, do you want to expand? And you say, I don't, I don't like, you said in the insert, I don't like to keep still, right? I don't know. You, but keeping still and, and scaling a business um, are not the opposite of each other. You can grow organically and you can grow at a scale, at a scale rate. So you've got to choose the pace at which you want to grow. Very often in markets, depending where they are in their, in their life cycle, you've got a certain window of opportunity. So, for example, in a mature uh, industry uh, that is quite commoditized, your window is quite small and short. So you, you'll come in and there'll be lots of competition. Your price point will come down, your margins will go down, and eventually you'll be a commoditized product. In a growing industry with less competition, your window is slightly further. And, if you don't take that opportunity at that point, okay, you will, and wake up later, you'll wake up in a commoditized environment. So you saying now there's no competition in South Africa, it's only from Australia, that will change at some point. And then you're going to kick yourself and say, why didn't I take advantage while I was actually there um, and had the advantage? So the first question is, is, is strategy, what's the strategy? The second question is, is margin, is that to choose margin. So across those product lines, which is the higher margin? And sometimes it's better to sell something for two rand that costs you one rand than sell something for 220 rand that costs you 200 rand. You know, because you're, you're, you, as long as there is sufficient volume, your margins are what, are what, what counts. And so to me, when you're looking at in the strategy question around where to, to focus, it's, it's where the margin is. And I'm going to get to your, your, your question. Don't worry. I'm just planting all the seeds there. And then the third, the third thing to ask yourself is what's the model? What's the business model? Uh, so in some instances, you're buying in, you're getting an order, you're buying it in. You might be relabeling it and selling it out, or it's you bundling something and reselling. So that's one model. The other thing, you might be actually manufacturing something. So that's a different model, and you've got inputs and you manufacture the outputs. So as you scale, if you're buying in, repackaging and selling, that's far more scalable than manufacturing if you don't have capital and if you don't have margin. If you do have margin, that's possible. So it's see how these things are all interlinked, mm -hmm. right? So then the, the concept of the sales. So, so from a sales perspective, now, I asked you the question, which I knew the answer to, is where would you feel most comfortable? So, so generally, now, and I can see you started the business without sales. So that tells me this is not a sales-led business. For, to, for you to scale, 
the three, the three what we call critical competencies that you require in a business. Number one, it's a sales competency, which is non-existent in the, in the business. The fact that there might be some Google, which, I'll talk, which is the, more the marketing competency, I think that's just because. I don't think you, there's a deliberate, we're now going to, to be a market-led um, a business, marketing-led business. Mm -hmm. So the three comp critical competencies are sales, marketing, and distribution. And distribution is not getting things from A to B. It's where, where are you selling? Agents, distributors, you know, those kinds of things are, is a distribution strategy. So if you're going to scale, those are the three things you need to be in place. Notice I didn't say anything about uh, actual about ops in there because ops supports that. Ops is the machine that, that leads and the machine that ma makes it all happen is the ops side. So for me in, in the business now, if you want to scale, you can't scale with, with, without sales and marketing and distribution. But that's because your question was around sales. So the first person I would bring in is a sales. To ask, answer your question directly, I would just given what I know right now, I'd bring in a salesperson. But you're probably going to make the same mistake that 99.9% .9 of businesses that are scaling make, which is to bring in somebody who's quite nice, um, says they can sell, the CV's there, and then they turn out to be a huge disaster, and then it takes months to get rid of them, and you've wasted a whole bunch of money. And anyone who's watching this insert now who's done that is going, yeah, that happened to me. It happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you've got to do, coming back to the strategy, is what is this person going to sell? Is there sufficient margin? And why I'm talking about the margin the whole time is because when you, you can't bring that person in unless there's a proper job description. You know, second, is, that's number one. Number two, that they're targets. There's input targets and output targets. In other inputs is how many calls do you need to make? How many proposals do you need to send out? You have to get a sense of what that is. And then the third area is um, your commission, your commission structure. So it's your JD, your, your targets, and your commission structure. If you've got sufficient margin, your commission structure changes because you can now incentivize. You can go for a lower um, a salary or ba ba basic salary and a higher, higher commission, which I would lend myself to in the beginning. But in your industry, it might be sophisticated and you might have to find the balance between the two. So to answer your, your question, because you asked sales first or ops first was your question. It's sales first. Given what I just sensed from you, and I've been doing this for 20 odd years, you'll get the ops right. And the very next person, because you're going to battle with one or two salespeople, no doubt about it, yeah. right? But once you've got those, the, that click, you found the right one, that'll take the pressure, bring the pressure in. Your competition, as you said, is two to three months anyway. So you've got leeway uh, for strategically. And then in that, you will get somebody to support you around the ops and start building a 2IC underneath you to, to build there. So sales first, op second. Okay. And that's it uh, for, for, for my thoughts. I hope that helped. It did. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, my thoughts were different, but <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense um, what you said now. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Desiree. And, and go out there and scale. So uh, we're going to give a few pointers based on this interview a bit later. Uh, but up next is our series on how to build an FMCG brand. We are 
in the middle of a series on building your own fast-moving consumer good brand. Uh, we've had uh, Ryan Chef Lurie in studio with us over the last couple of weeks, helping us think through the different aspects of building your brand. This is something that we've picked up from you, our viewers, over time as you have battled to build your brand. And we're very, very lucky to have Ryan in studio with us to help us think through this in a clear, clear way. Today, uh, we're going to talk about costing when, when the volumes are low, Ryan, and welcome. Um, the, the thing that I hear often is that, you know, I can't compete with the big guys. They've got all these big, big volumes, and therefore the, the cost per, per packaging is much, slower, uh, much lower at a unit level, the, the product, uh, etc. Et so how do we compete? How do you go and compete in that context? Thanks, Alona. I mean, I think you raised something very interesting. When we're trying to break into an FMCG market, the big boys, the big players, often have much bigger budgets. And they can afford to produce at bigger volumes, which drops their costs. So how do you do it as a small player is really, I think, where, where we need to play. And one of the most important things to consider is, again, what is your raw product? What is the cost of your raw product? Can you find it cheaper? Have you done your research? Have you seen if there are other alternatives to it? Have you considered things like syntax on if, it's, if there's sugar involved? Have you considered import duties if, if that's what goes into the product? So have you thought about all those things and can you still produce at a reasonable price? What people tend to forget is that because of the worldwide situation that exists, even the large manufacturers are looking for small clients and are prepared to do smaller numbers on their runs. You need to focus on what your MOQ, your minimum order quantity will be at your suppliers as well as at your manufacturers. And using that, you'll be able to start costing better for low volumes. Keep that in mind when setting the total price that you're going to be on a retail level. So do you think about it as the companies coming out competing, coming in at below cost so that they can gain market share and to later on then reduce their costs so they get the volume now for a cost reduction later? So again, I think it's a clever question and I think that, that the answer is not simple, simple, but to understand if your strategy is to produce high volumes later, taking a smaller profit now but I'm going to use that word, you have to still make profit. So taking a smaller profit now, a smaller percentage now, is going to set you up to take over the market at a later stage. That's all we've got time for today, Ryan. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, we'll be back uh, straight after this.